from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hope you're all having yourselves a great morning. This here on a Tuesday, June 12th of 2018. Hope you're all enjoying life and having a good time this morning or wherever you're listening. Maybe it's this afternoon, maybe it's this evening, wherever we're at. I hope that you're enjoying your day and making the most of it. There's a lot to get into today inside of the morning menu. We have a bunch of topics that we have to get into this morning, which I'm very excited to do, and I look forward to speaking with Deshante Riley for the first time ever on the show. So let's get into the morning menu so you know what's coming up today on Wake Up Call. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. This morning here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We'll feature our thoughts, conversation on the Jacksonville Jaguars. We haven't spoken about the Jags in a little bit here, so we're going to go on the prowl here this morning for a little while. Then we're going to get into LeBron James, how quickly the media has forgotten that Golden State won a championship nationally and has moved on to LeBron. It's always about LeBron, so we'll discuss that in a little while as well, and we'll get into on in the second hour of the show, 10.15 a.m. Eastern Time, we're going to be joined by Deshante Riley. I'm very excited about the opportunity to speak with him. He'll be joining the show. He played for Syracuse, then left, and played for former Syracuse assistant coach Rob Murphy at Eastern Michigan, and has since returned to the Syracuse ranks to don that orange again as part of Bayheim's Army. The seven-foot center will be on the show at 10.15 a.m. Eastern Time for the first time ever. And, of course, we'll round out the show, as we always do, at 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time with the Ingredients to Success, proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. So the Ingredients to Success coming up here at 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time, approximately to round out today's show, brought to you by Utica Pizza Company, and it's a Utica thing. So that's what's coming up on today's broadcast. Very happy to have you here and be a part of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. We appreciate you, we thank you, we honor you, and we look forward to meeting you at events like the CNY Pop Festival, where you could buy your tickets now to see former Syracuse players in basketball and football, as well as TV and movie stars from all over the country, from The Flash to Adam's Family to Star Wars to Power Rangers and so on and so forth. Buy your tickets now at CNY Pop festival.com right now vip are available they're only available pre-sale you cannot get them at the door so buy them now as well as discounted general admission for adults and for children kids five and under are free to the event 
So make sure that you note that if you're buying your tickets and you have a couple kids that are under the age of five or five years old, make sure that you let us know so we can get them into the event. No problem. It's at the F Shed at the Regional Market on Sunday, August 12th, two months exactly from today. And we look forward to seeing you there. 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. for VIPs, 10 to 7 for general admission. Buy your tickets at cnypopfestival.com for the newest thing to come to Syracuse, New York. Nothing like it, nothing close to it. Daring to be different is what we're doing for the community, for you. Why? Because I love you. I came up with this idea because I know it can work, and I know that you deserve something interesting and different and innovative, and I can't wait for you to be a part of it. So make sure that you get yourself onto cnypopfestival.com and buy your tickets. Now, with that being said... Let's hop into the morning menu, and I want to start with LeBron James. So they're calling this decision 3.0, blah, blah, blah. What's LeBron going to do? So there's all of these stories. He has taken over the front page of different news sources, for the most part, in this what will LeBron do next, where will he go, how will it work, yada, 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 yada. So I'm looking at this and saying to myself, you know, okay, if if LeBron ends up going to a team like Houston, you know, Houston has to give up some stuff. So, we would look at what's been talked about, Shinanu Onowaku, Nene, P.J. Tucker, Zhao Ki, Eric Gordon, Aaron Jackson to potentially make up the money that you would have to ship. But this is this is not just an easy trade. This is a figuring out salary cap. This is LeBron James and the family side of things <clears throat> and where he wants to send his team, where he wants his family or where he wants to send his family, I should say. So there's a lot that goes into this, right? LeBron has kids. Got to figure that out. LeBron has a wife. Got to figure that out. And on top of all of that, you know, they have to figure the money out, the team that's that's trying to get them. So Johnny just sent us a message here as we're talking about the NBA. And Johnny, we are looking forward because Johnny made a prediction. So, and we didn't forget it. So we are looking forward to Johnny having to shave his chest live on Wake Up Call. We'll do video and audio. Facebook Live and here on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. We're going to have him come down to the studio and shave his chest. And for those of you who don't know, Johnny said that he would shave his chest if the Golden State Warriors won game four. He said that he would literally shave his chest if the Golden State Warriors had the sweep. So, Johnny, we don't forget predictions here, and we're looking forward to you shaving your chest live on air on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So just so you know, we got to figure out the scheduling, my good sir. 
and then you can shave your chest live on air here with us. Can't wait to see it happen. Appreciate you so much. Love and joy. Sincerely, Dan Satora. <laughs> so, but, I, can, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited about this. We got a little prediction that went off here. And now Johnny gets to come on here and, and shave his chest. So leave the hair on there, Johnny. Don't go waxing it off. Don't go Brazilian or whatever's going on right now. Come and shave your chest on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora because of the clean sweep. We are speaking, what did he say here? Yes, I'm a man of my word. All right, so Johnny's going to do it. Johnny's coming in studio. We'll get you a, we'll get you a date and time during the show. But Johnny's coming in studio to shave his chest hair because Golden State won game four. I love it. So we will set that up with you, Johnny, and make it happen. Speaking on LeBron James and keeping with the conversation, since Johnny and I have spoken about the NBA Finals more than once, looking at the sweepstakes... LeBron James and where LeBron could go. And for me, you know, you have to look into some of these things. You know, Gary Payton said, well, you know, he's got a kid enrolled in school in California. So California makes some sense. The Lakers make some sense. But you have to look at where where would be a good place for LeBron to land, right? Salary cap's got to work out. Team chemistry, you got to figure that out. But when you look at where teams are currently, let's say he goes to the Lakers, one of the teams that was rumored. The Lakers are 35 and 47 this season, right? 35 wins, 47 losses, obviously did not make the playoffs. And on their roster, they have Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Andre, In- In- Andre Ingram, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Isaiah Thomas, who he didn't play well with. He didn't play nice, nice. Julius Randle, Brooke Lopez, Luol Deng. Not a bad team. Not a bad group of players. Tyler Ennis from Syracuse is there as well. Thomas Bryant, who uh, did not come to Syracuse and chose Indiana instead, he's there. But it'll be interesting to see what happens from here as far as the Lakers go. Because if we look at the free agent tracker and who's available in the NBA, if we take a gander, a little peek at that right now, as far as the Lakers go, they have... Andre Ingram, Travis Ware, Julius Randle, Isaiah Thomas, Channing Fry, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and Brooke Lopez. Now, the amount of money that they are together, freeing up some space here, is that we have Brooke Lopez 
who accounted for $21 million of the salary. Brooke Lopez was 21, let's call it $21.2 million. And then we have Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who was $17.7 million. Then we look at Channing Frye as $8 million. And on top of that, we have Isaiah Thomas, who is about $6.8 million. And Julius Randle is $3.4 million. Travis Ware was $148,000. And Andre Ingram was only $13,000 in cap hit. So that's fifty about fifty-seven point three million dollars. Fifty-seven point three, right? So let's go to LeBron James's salary. If he decides to make this happen, I want to look up LeBron James's. So you're you're accounting fifty-seven million dollars. He made thirty-three million. So that frees it up. You know, you can shed some stuff here. I can see the Lakers getting rid of, Tra- I mean, Travis Ware and I, I mean, these guys are cheap, so that doesn't matter. But, you know, the Brooke Lopez, that ima- Brooke Lopez and Contavious Caldwell-Pope together can give that salary to LeBron James because they're $38 million together. He's 33 And I want to give a shout-out to Contavious Caldwell-Pope for getting himself paid. Because I saw this guy playing in Summer League for Detroit. And at age 25, he's making that bank. And I'm happy for him. I'm happy for his hard work and his determination that he's gotten to where he is right now. So we can make this happen. The Lakers can make this happen. Isaiah Thomas, I would imagine, would be gone. Because him and LeBron did not have a fun day together. They didn't skip through the park holding hands when they were in Cleveland. So let's look. Let, let's let's say okay. So then we get rid of Isaiah Thomas, right? He's he's gone. No more Isaiah Thomas. Bye bye Isaiah. So Isaiah Thomas is gone, and that and that frees up about seven million. So then you got to find twenty six million somewhere else. And like I said, Brooke Lopez almost accounts for all of it. And LeBron has shown that he doesn't need a center to win a championship. So, the Lakers make sense. Let's look at Houston and see what Houston has that maybe they could shore up some money with. They don't have a lot to give up. They Aaron Jackson only cost him $4,000 last year. Joe Johnson, 749 So, if we look at, if they just shed what they had last year, we're looking at $4,600. We're looking at... 700 let's call it $750,000. And so that's for Joe Johnson. Gerald Green, let's call him $1.4 million. So we get rid of that. And then we shed Clint Capella, which is $1.5. And this is just brass tacks in it. It's not saying they're going to do this. Luke Richard Mbambute, let's take his $2.1 million. And let's take Tariq Black's. million dollars so add that in okay so we're at nine million right now 
Then Trevor Ariza, let's say we get rid of Trevor's $8 million. Now we're at 17, right? We still got to make up $16 million, and they're not getting rid of Chris Paul, who is $21.4 million. Now he may restructure, but Houston doesn't have the money, or Houston doesn't have the opportunity right now to just shed and pick up. The Lakers can literally say, we're not going to sign two of these guys, three of these guys, and then they got money for LeBron James. So, for Houston, we're going to have to look at a trade. For Houston, something's got to go. Because to give up, Chris Paul's not leaving Houston. He doesn't need to leave Houston. He just got there. They almost beat Golden State. He doesn't need to leave. So, if I'm Chris Paul, I'm saying, okay, you know what? I'm keeping my money. You better sign me up. And then they have $17 million that they could shed with Ariza, Black, Mbambute, uh, Capella, Green, Johnson, and, and Jackson. But then they still have to find another $16 million. And that's going to be tough because they don't have it. So they got to trade and shed some contract money, some people that are on the books for next year. So Houston's got some work to do. The Lakers can make it happen. Let's look at Philadelphia. Philadelphia has Amir Johnson for 11 mil. So we have Amir Johnson for $11 million flat. We make that happen. Okay, let him go. Then Marco Bellinelli is $776,000. Okay, so we're at 11 point, well, about 11.8. Arian Ilyasova. Let's get rid of him. Let's call it five six five hundred sixty six thousand. So that's twelve million, right? So they gotta make it happen in a different way too, because they don't have the money. They don't have the money to free this up, right? You drop that, you drop that space, and then you look at what you got. Now they may have some some space already on there. They may have some space already available. If we look at the cap tracker in real time. The Lakers are going to have some cap space here. So they have, if they shed all that, I told you they got some room. But the Lakers, they have $38 million in cap space. The Sixers, they got to figure it out. Now, your cap maximum is $101 million. Your luxury tax threshold is $123 million. Teams that are under the cap will have their cap holds applied to their overall cap, while teams that are over the cap will not have their cap holds applied but must accept, but must use any exceptions they possess. If a team uses their biannual non-taxpayer mid-level taxpayer mid-level exceptions or sign and trade they'll be considered to be hard capped and must keep below the luxury tax apron 129 million dollars there's a lot of numbers being thrown at your face so but this is where we're at right now i mean the Cavs are in the negative the thunder in the negative the raptors are in the negative the wizards are in the negative the heat the hornets the pistons the timberwolves the trailblazers the clippers the nuggets the celtics the Grizzlies, the Golden State Warriors, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Knicks, the Spurs, the Pelicans, 
I'll see in some of those negatives right now. They got to figure it out, right? They got to make it work. But the Bulls, the Bulls could maybe make it happen. But if he goes to Chicago, let's look at the depth chart of Chicago. The Bulls could maybe make this thing happen, but what does he have around him? He's got Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, Jaron Grant, who's a good kid. Got to interview him when he played for Notre Dame. Jeremy Grant from Syracuse's brother. Justin Holiday, Denzel Valentine, Robin Lopez, Laurie Markinen, uh, and Noah Vonley, Bobby Portis, Ryan Arcidiacono from Villanova. Say that 12 times fast. Say it one time fast. <laughs> so, Ryan Arcidiacono. But, Archidiacono, pardon me. So, he, I mean, if he goes to Chicago, it kind of looks like Cleveland in the sense of there's no true stars on the team. So if he goes to Chicago, he's going to have to build, right? But Chicago could make it maybe maybe make it happen. If he goes to Philadelphia, and let's say Philly can Philly can move some stuff around and make this work. You got JJ Redick, good shooter, a lot of longevity coming out of coming out of Duke, pardon me. Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz. Here's a, here's a crazy thing about Philly. They got Simmons and Fultz. They got Simmons and Fultz. So this is a team that has some big-time players. You got the 2017 first overall pick in Markel Fultz, and you have the first overall pick in 2016 in Ben Simmons. You got a number one and a number one. Got Amir Johnson inside. Got Robert Covington, Marco Bellinelli, who, like I told you, they could shed him. Irian Iasova, who they can shed as well. The Sixers would be pretty darn dangerous if you could pull off Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz on the same team as LeBron James. That would probably be the most dangerous of scenarios for Bron Bron. Atlanta? Let's look at Atlanta. Money-wise, because Atlanta looks like... They can maybe squeak this through. They have John Collins at power forward, Torian Prince, Andrew White the third. shout out Syracuse, Tyler Dorsey, Dennis Schroeder. Got some guys out there. But again, this is this is a team that they have Tyler Kavanaugh from Jamesville DeWitt, former teammate of Daywan Coleman. So this could make some sense. As far as trying to put things together, I mean, Kent Bazeman, he costs $16 million. He's the most expensive player. Schroeder costs $15 million. And then, you know, everybody else is relatively inexpensive here. So you're not dealing with a bunch of high-priced salaries in Atlanta. Sacramento, forget about it. Dallas, Dallas, <laughs> they'd still have to free up a bunch of space. And then Houston's behind that. And Houston's got to figure out their money. Not going to Brooklyn. He's not going to Orlando. He's not going to Phoenix. Not going to Utah. It would be nice to see him in the Western Conference, though. It would be nice to see what LeBron can do in the Western Conference. He's only ever won a championship in the East. But it would be nice to see if he went to the West. And it seems like the one that makes the most sense is the Lakers. 
But we got the Bulls in the East, the Sixers in the East, the Hawks in the East. That could all make some relative sense in the grand scheme of things. I think if he goes to Chicago, like I said, it looks more like Cleveland. I think, and he's not too far away from home, from Ohio, from the state of Ohio, because remember, he's not from Cleveland. He's from Akron. But if you put him in that situation, he's not too far away. He's still in the East. He's on a team that could get some growth here and, and help themselves out. If he goes to Philadelphia, I think I think that they could be a potential title contender. If those young men can get it right, I think that they could be a potential title contender because of the fact that they have Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, Joel Embiid. I mean, you have you got a pretty stacked team, and then you add LeBron James to the mix to kind of lead you all and help you all out. That becomes a huge danger zone, a big-time danger zone. So for me... If I'm LeBron James, I'm really taking a good hard look at Philadelphia before I look anywhere else. If I go to the Lakers, they can pay for me, but do I want to deal with that? And why do I want to go to the Lakers? Why do I want to go to the Lakers? Right? There's history there. Wilt Chamberlain, James Worthy, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. Phil Jackson, championship upon championship upon championship, making it happen. But but you're behind that, right? You're behind all that. You're behind the days of Magic and Kareem winning a championship. You're behind the days of Kobe Bryant winning a championship. Why do you want to go to a place like that? You made Cleveland something. You helped Miami to expand and enhance their history. But if you want to be known forever... You know, Philly hasn't won a championship in a very long time, right? Chicago hasn't won a championship in a very long time. And there's this debate of who's better, him or Michael Jordan. So what if he goes to Chicago and wins a championship in Chicago? Then what? Then what? (laughs) Then we look at and say to ourselves, okay, well, what do we do now? What happens now if that is to go down? So if I'm LeBron James, and again, that you know his kids are involved, his family is involved, where does he want them to be? It's bigger than just him from what is being stated out there. It's bigger than just him. But if you're LeBron James, Philadelphia has got a really good chance of being something really special if all those wheels can turn in the same direction. Right? Why go to Golden State if you can't beat them, join? I mean, that to me, he would get booed like nobody's business. Why would you go to Golden State? And Golden State doesn't need you. Golden State has to figure out a way to pay for Kevin Durant. They don't need you. They're winning championships over you. They don't need you at all. They don't need you. They just swept your butt. They don't need you. And with Nick Young, Zaza Pachulia, David West, and JaVale McGee, and Kevin Looney, and Patrick McCaw, they got to figure out how they're going to pay for some of this stuff here, but none of these guys are too expensive. The expensive contract is $25.6 million to Kevin Durant, who, you know, people are saying was underpaid. Underpaid. $25 million in a year, underpaid. Okay? But you can make, you can put pieces together. You can make it happen. All Golden State has to do 
is lock up. All they have to do is lock up Kevin Durant. That's all Golden State has to do. Homework for the summer. You're reading, you know when you had those books that you had to read? The only homework that Golden State has to do is sign Kevin Durant, give him the money, and that's it. Figure out his his, his money, and that's it. You got Clay Thompson. You got Andre Iguodala. You got Quinn Cook, who's not too bad over there. You got you got that guy. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows him, Steph Curry. You have Draymond Green, right? Figure out what you're going to do with Javale McGee and Zaza Pachulia on the inside. And you got Kevin Durant. You're winning championships, multiple championships. Lock it up. Lock up KD. Now, okay, Dan, well, what if KD and LeBron got together and said, let's go to L.A. together? Let's go play for the Lakers together. What if they did that, Dan? Then what? Then I would say, you know what? It would be interesting. It would definitely change the dynamic of some things. It could make them somewhat of a threat, obviously and absolutely. But where does Lonzo Ball fit in all of this? And if I am LeBron James or Kevin Durant, I don't want to go anywhere Lonzo is because then you got to deal with LeVar. And I don't want to talk to LeVar. And I don't want to deal with LeVar and his antics and his craziness, okay? A man who says crazy things like he could beat Michael Jordan with his hand tied behind his back. That's what somebody tells you, like you're sitting in a diner and somebody's like, I could beat Michael Jordan, and everybody has a good laugh, but that guy actually believes that he would beat Michael Jordan in a one-on-one contest. Have fun, okay? I love playing basketball. I can shoot threes. I think I got a good shot. I think I could shoot halfway down the court. But... I don't think that Michael Jordan and I, in a one-on-one, now broadcasting, I'll sweep up Michael. But respect you got to respect it. I'll shoot some threes, do some things, but Michael Jordan's probably going to beat me on the court. He's probably going to win. As much as it pains me to say that, because I believe that I can win anything, and I believe in myself, you believe in yourself. You know, if I'm playing one-on-one, I'd prefer to not play Michael. I'd prefer to not play Larry. I'd prefer to not play Magic. I'd play with him. But these are some of the greatest that have ever lived, folks. That have ever lived. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's going to guard him, right? Hey, Bob down the road said that he could take on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he was Lou Alcindor. He brought him... Yeah, okay, let me see it. Let me see it. Play Kareem right now. If Kareem was 115 years old, I'd still pick Kareem. So, it's who you want to play with. I don't want to deal with crazy LeVar Ball. I don't want to do that. So, you got to think about all that stuff with L.A. And if Kevin Durant wants to go with LeBron James, if they want to to join forces together and say, hey, I beat you, you beat me, now let's go have some fun again. If they want to do that, then they're more than welcome to do that. And I think a team that has that money that can figure it out would open the doors for that. But at the same time, you have to understand that why would Kevin Durant leave a place where he's just going to win, right? Oh, I won two championships. I got MVP twice. I'm good. Why? Why would you be good? Why would you be good? Keep winning. Keep doing it. Why not? Why would you leave? Michael, what did Michael Jordan, after he won two, what he, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the Sacramento Kings guys. Have a great day.
I'm going to go play for the Jazz. We just beat the Jazz. Now I'm going to make the Jazz beat the Bills. Uh, we'll have a good time. He stayed. He stayed with Chicago. He won numerous championships with Chicago. Stayed with Chicago. Six rings, Holmes. Six rings. More than one of your hands. Why would, why would you leave? Kevin Durant was on the worst team in basketball in the Seattle Supersonics. The worst team in basketball. Ball record-wise, he left, he went to Oklahoma State, they sucked, then he pushed and pushed, and they got better, and Russell Westbrook and James Harden for a little while. This team got better and better and better, and he carried that team like LeBron carried Cleveland. He carried that team, but he had Russell. LeBron didn't have Russell. LeBron didn't have Kevin Love, the closest thing to a sidekick. He didn't have that all the time. So he did that. He did the, okay, I'm going to do this thing, and I'm going to keep fighting, and I'm going to be on this Oklahoma City team, and we're going to see what we could do. We're going to hope for the best. And then he said, you know what? We're not winning here. We're not going to win here. I don't like the system here. It's not gonna, We're not going to grow here. So I moved on. I moved on in my life. And this is where I am right now, and I'm on Golden State. And I want people to stop saying that Kevin Durant sold out. Kevin Durant did not sell out. Kevin Durant said, I want to go on to a team that I can win a championship with. If you had an opportunity to go on a team where you could win 30 games a year or make it to the playoffs and get bounced or you could go to a championship team, where would you go? If life is precious and time is precious and I told you right now I could put you on Golden State or Sacramento, where would you go? And the people that say Sacramento, I want to know why. Now, I'm all about building. I'm all about taking something from the bottom up. I'm all about creating things out of thin air because that's what I did with my company. I created Dan Tortora Broadcast Media out of the air in front of me. There was nothing here. Nothing existed. I had to take the air and mold it with the grace of God and put this thing together. And here we sit today where it's a tangible product. It wasn't tangible in the beginning. It was just an idea. It was just a thought. It was just a, I'm going to do this and I can make it happen. So I'm all about building things from ground up. And if you put me on any team, I'm going to make it happen. But if you're years into the NBA and Golden State calls you up on the phone and says, Dan Tatora, I would love for you to be here on our team and help us win a championship. Why wouldn't you go? Why wouldn't you go? Why not? We talk about LeBron does this and LeBron does that. LeBron put something together in Miami. Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, let's all play together. They put something together in Miami. With him and Kyrie, there was something together in Cleveland before Everybody got their pants in a twist because I'm the big dog. No, I'm the top dog. No, I am. No, you are. No, I So it's just, <laughs> that's where they were. If LeBron and Kyrie could play nice-nice in the sandbox, we could be talking about a different NBA Finals. We could have been talking about maybe a Game 7. For goodness sakes, at least a Game 5. We could have been 2-2, two 3-3. to two, three to three. But we're not. Why? Because Bron Bron has to be in his own happy place by himself with a bunch of people around him that are okay just waving the fans at him and feeding him grapes. 
that is why I don't think this Kevin Durant thing is going to work. Because if he goes with Kevin Durant, what's Kevin going to do? Kevin wants to score. Kevin wants 40. He's not going to sit there and watch LeBron. And the, and the first time that LeBron yells in his face, it's going to be like, peace, Holmes, I'm out. I'll see you. Johnny said if Kyrie Irving was there, it would have been Cleveland in six. I don't know about that, Johnny, but it could have been close. Johnny said that he loathes Golden State, so he would play for Sacramento. But think about that. Bron Bron has to be the top dog. How's that going to flow with LeVar and Lonzo? How's that going to flow? When LeVar does an interview and he goes, Lonzo could beat LeBron James with two hands tied behind his back. Okay, they're on the same team. LeBron has shown that he can bring a championship to Cleveland. LeBron has shown that he could bring another opportunity or two to Miami. Which, that's very nice. But LeBron James is about LeBron James. He doesn't rah-rah his teammates. He's going to give everything he's got, and then you better pull your weight. But there's... I feel like there's no... I feel like LeBron, I mean, he runs the show, okay? He runs the show. He decides what happens. Maybe Lonzo would drop another diss track. Nice. That's what Johnny said. But if I go to the Lakers, I got to deal with all that crap. I don't want to deal with all that crap, right? And I'm not going to the NBA Finals because I got to go through Golden State. So if I'm LeBron James, I'm looking at Chicago, which is like what you got now. Probably a little better. Or I'm going to Philadelphia. And Bron Bron, go to Philly. The city of brotherly hate, go to Philly. Feel it out. I'm not trying to be mean about Philly. I love going to Philly. I'm just saying, their fans, they're going to tell you how they feel. (laughs) They're going to tell you. You win 20 games in a row and you lose the 21st game, oh, they're going to tell you how they feel. So... Houston, okay. So you go to Houston, but they got to give something up to get you. Bronny Brown Brown. They got to give they got to you they got to give something up to get you. That's a problem. Because what they got right now was almost good enough. It was almost good enough. So, here we stand, before we take a step aside, here we stand. Where Houston could make sense, but not if they have to give up something substantial to get him. LeBron and Chris Paul, I would watch it. LeBron and James Harden, not going to work. It's not going to work. LeBron and James Harden, not going to work. It's not going to work. It's just not going to (laughs) work. Two shooters is not going to work. Kevin Durant and LeBron James, it's not going to work. Dwayne Wade could give the ball up a little bit, right? Dwayne could let it go. Kyrie Irving didn't want to give the ball up. Kyrie Irving's not there anymore. Kevin Love, 
he's like a meek little mouse sometimes. So it doesn't matter. If you want to work with LeBron James, you have to be LeBron James's lapdog. You got to lay down and when he rubs your belly, he rubs your belly. If he doesn't rub your belly, well, then you have to rub your own belly. So you have to look at everything that goes into this. His family, you know, are his kids happy? Where does he want to be? Where does his wife want to be? Where does he want to live his life? And where where does his family want to live? And can they afford him? And what is the chemistry? And are there superstars already on the team? The thing that makes sense with Philly, when you say, well, Dan, what about Philadelphia? We talk about, we talk about Philly and Philly's got stars, right? They got Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons. They're not stars yet. They're not stars yet. They're not up there yet. So you can send him there and make that money. He can pass the torch in Philly, go to Philly for a couple of years, try to win a championship or two. And then say to Ben Simmons, it's your NBA now. Say to Markel Fultz, it's your NBA now. He can pass the torch to some young guns out there right now. LeBron's playing with older guys. He's playing with guys that have been in the NBA for a long time. Right? And when he was in Miami, he was with guys who had been in the NBA for a long time. Well, now it's time to try something different. I think Philadelphia is a place for him to go. If he goes to the Lakers, it's headaches with the Ball family. You got to bring somebody with you. If you bring Kevin Durant, I don't think it's going to work out. On top of all of that, you still have to go through Golden State. If you go to Chicago, Chicago's not a bad choice either. Chicago's like Cleveland right now. So if he wants a little bit of that, but a change of scenery and the whole discussion of who is the best, well, how about you put on a jersey that Michael Jordan wore, except for the fact, Bron Bron, you can't put on number 23. In Chicago. But if he goes to Chicago, then everybody will say, well, they unretire 23 for him, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Atlanta, they got, you know. Atlanta's not, not a fine situation. So I think Chicago or Philly, without having to sign and trade your world away, Chicago or Philly. And if I had to put my feet to the fire right now, I'd say the 76ers are where he would be. Listen, they haven't won a championship in a long... Like, Philadelphia? You know what Philadelphia... You know who the 76ers used to be? The Philadelphia 76ers used to be the Syracuse Nationals. The Syracuse Nationals, they won a championship. They know what it's like to win that championship. We go back in history. Let's go all the way back. 1946-47, the Philadelphia Warriors won a championship. Then they lost the next year to the Baltimore Bullets. Syracuse Nationals were still playing at this time. Syracuse Nationals won a championship in 1954-55. Then the Philadelphia Warriors won a championship. Then the 76ers, when they were... When they finally became the Sixers, they won a championship in 1966-67. 1966-67 with Wilt Chamberlain as their MVP who played for the Sixers at the time. 1966-67. Then in 82-83, Moses Malone swept the Lakers with the 76ers. 
1982-83 season, right? 1982-83 season. Nothing since then. So for those of you playing the home game, that means that the Philadelphia 76ers have not won a championship in 35 years. And doesn't LeBron like that whole, you can't win, you won't win, it'll never happen? Doesn't he kind of really like that stuff? The whole count me out stuff? I'm just saying. 35 years without a championship. Looks like they can find the money to make it happen. They got cap, they're in the top three for cap space out of 30 teams. And you got some young guns that aren't going to look to take the ball away from LeBron James. Could work out. Johnny said CP3 joins him in Cleveland. Mm, I think Cleveland's done for him for now. And if I'm Chris Paul, I'm staying in Houston. I'm trying to beat Golden State. I just went to game seven with Golden State. Don't ruin a good thing. Bron Bron just got swept. It's dirty. If this series was 3-3 three to three and he lost in game seven, maybe he would still leave Cleveland, but there'd be a better chance that he would stay. They got swept. So that makes the J.R. Smith run into the scores table even worse. It makes all those memories for LeBron James even worse than they were, potentially. I think Philadelphia makes the most sense. We'll take a step aside. We'll come back with more from Wake Up Call in just a moment. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvelanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513 or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. 
How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name, so give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets. It's now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Here on the line, Mike Sugamosto. This is why you listen live, folks. You never know what's going to happen. Mike is joining Wake Up Call live now following just a few seconds ago the official release of the schedule for the first season for the Syracuse Stallions professional basketball team, bringing professional basketball back to Syracuse. So following the official release of the inaugural schedule, Mike Sugamosto is here with me on the show. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well, and I guess it's a good thing that you released it during wake-up call and I caught it so we could pop you on here for a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So bring me into it, just kind of what went into this, and we can break down the schedule in a moment, but just what you can say about putting this together and the behind-the-scenes work of having an inaugural season and a, a new franchise and trying to find you know a schedule that's going to work for everybody. Yeah, it, the schedule's been a challenge. Um, the schedule's taken a little bit of time. I know Jimmy, um, one of our partners, is working uh, really hard and putting this together. Um, trying to make it convenient for all teams, either us playing away or teams coming into us. Um, but looking at our schedule now, I'm really excited. Um, it's, I mean, October 28th is, is now getting closer and closer. And we tip off with Oneonta. Um, they're a brand-new franchise as well. So um, I'm really excited. Just looking at it makes me smile and gets me, gets me anxious to get this going. And when we look at the schedule that you have, and like you said, October 28th, you know, coming around, that's a week after my birthday. So we take a look at the schedule here that is now up on SyracuseStallions.com, and you can check that out. I know that there's been a lot that's gone into putting the schedule together, and that first game, Oneonta at Syracuse at 6 p.m. on October 28th, just what you can say about you know getting that first game on the schedule and like you said being a new franchise but Oneonta is as well and just how exciting that is for you both to kind of open the door to your future that way yeah we're just I mean once we once we get this team set up in July it's going to feel extremely real you know we can set a schedule and and uh say we're going to play but once we have the the team in place it's going to feel really exciting um I'm excited to have our fans come out and watch us and support our players um, and plus, right now, 
seeing that there's a little tab next to Oneonta at Syracuse where it says purchase tickets is like, this is real. We're going to play and it's official. Um, Oneonta, I mean, I, the, the owner of Oneonta is Cam Hayes. Um, he runs a league um, down in Oneonta. So there's players that go in and out. I'm sure they'll have some talent. Um, but being a first year franchise versus another first year, it's, it's time to set the tone and let them know we're here to play. And, and we want to come out of this region as, as champions and, and go on to further. Um, and and when you when you go through this and like you said getting everything together in July, when would you like to shore up this roster and have it all ready? Um, right after our, our July trial, I believe our July trial is July fifteenth, um, and once that trial has ended, we'll keep either ten or twelve guys. And do you feel like, I mean, at this point, is there a sense of, yeah, definitely this person, definitely that person? I mean, where where are you at as far as trying to lock some things in? Do you already feel good about some? How is everything kind of shaping up at this point? Uh, I feel really good about some. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's really cool to see it all come together. Um, we've had guys come from all over the place. We had a guy take a bus 28 hours to try out for us. Um, we've had guys come from SUNY ESF and just everywhere, honestly, everywhere cities have been represented at our trial. And, um, but there's definitely some guys I already know that, um, will be stallions. Um, and there's guys I want to see more that we all want to see more. Our coach, I mean, Pete, um, Pete Doris, our coach is going to help us in the selection process because end of the day, the players are going to listen to him. So. I want him to be as hands-on as this, in this selection process as the rest of the staff is. And um, I'm really excited about some guys I think that we have locked in, um, and I think they can be great players. Looking at our team now, if, if we were to run ahead with the team that – or the, the tryout guys that we have moving forward, if we were to pick from those guys, we'd be extremely deep. Um, like 10 guys could play um, in each game. So we're, we're in a good spot. Um, there's always room to grow and get better. So I'm just waiting to see what comes to this uh, June trial. Speaking here with Mike Sugamosto of the Syracuse Stallions, who just during wake-up call this morning released their official schedule for their inaugural season. Got a bunch of home games coming up uh, really early on. You're going to play all the way to March. And the way that we start things off is you have a game at the end of October on October 28th, the first ever game for the Stallions. From there in November, you have three out of your four games at home. Elmira, Scranton, and Washington of New Jersey at home. Just what you can say about that, you know, working out that in October and November that Syracuse fans can see four out of your five games at home and you'll be playing at Manly as Pebble Hill. Just how important it was to stay at home to open up the season. Yeah, I think, I mean, Jimmy's the the genius behind that idea, which I think is great for us being a first year because, um, I mean, I, I do believe that we're going to sell out on ten twenty eight Rizzonianza. I think it's going to be, it, it's the first game. Um, and I think, um, that's going to draw people right away. Um, and I think with there being three other games that are home after that, we can just continue that and continue selling out and continue to pack that place with a good community feel and a, and a, and a family environment. Um, I mean, the cool thing about ABA is it's not very demanding. There's not tons of games. You're going to get 12 home games and 12 away games, and it's stretched out across several months. So we're not going to run into many conflicts in regard to our schedule, but there's there's such a – I guess – how do I say this? 
it's an, it's easy for us to make a schedule of, of several home games in a row where we can just continue to have a good event um, during those months. And as you move forward, we look at the schedule that uh, squeaks into December. You'll be playing on December 2nd against Binghamton at home, but you will be on the road not far away, though. And what I like about this schedule for you is that I've been, I've been to all these places. I've been to Elmira. Obviously, I've been to Binghamton a lot. Uh, that's where my wife's family is from, and Scranton is where I went to school. So I know how far these trips are. You're taking an hour and a half here, two hours there, an hour and some change here. You're not going too far away. So even in December, with one home game, you're still going to have the opportunity to play in Elmira, Scranton, and Binghamton, which is not asking fans of Syracuse to travel that far. Right, and that, and that, that'll be that'll be such a good feeling to see. Um, some of our fan base follow us to those venues. I mean, they're not far, like you said. Um, and that's kind of the thing that we wanted to establish um, for ourselves when building the schedule is that we didn't want to travel too far and make it too hard on our guys because end of the day, these are grown men um, playing basketball and they have day jobs. They have lives that they have to live. They have families. And we don't want to make it too demanding where we're taking them away from those things. Um, and then I and, and looking at our schedule again, which I thought was pretty cool. We end all at home. February, we're home for the last three games, and then March, we're home for that one game in March. So there's not much travel going on. Um, so it's definitely, it's definitely, it's it's good for us. It's good for us, especially in the first year where we're not trying to go out and play teams all over the country and not trying to spend a ton of money to do that. And when you look at, and you just brought it up, Mike, Mike Sugamosto of the Syracuse Stallions releasing the schedule here this morning on the social media and on SyracuseStallions.com. At January, you got a couple games at home, but again, you're on the road with Oneonta, Elmira, and Binghamton. You're bringing Rock City in in Scranton. Uh, Rock City, this will be their first game at home in Syracuse. What are you excited about about going toe-to-toe with Rock City? Rock City's tough. Um, Rock City's really, really tough. They're scrappy, um, but they uh... – I remember Binghamton last year played them. I, th- I believe the first game they opened up, and they came in and they competed. Um, Binghamton's just on a different level than that team, and um, but they they made it a game. They made it really close. I think Binghamton pulled away by three points or something like that. But Rock City's going to come in and compete. I definitely know that for sure. And then we look at the, how you end the season. You start the season with four or five games at home. You end the season with your last four games at home. February 17th, 23rd, and 24th, Binghamton, Oneonta, and Elmira, respectively, and then Rock City again in uh, on a March 2nd. So just, you know, I mean, you talk about this, uh, Jimmy Evans putting the schedule together and whatnot. I mean, you started off with plenty at home, and then whatever happens in between – the sandwich, so to speak, that other piece of bread is back at home again. Yeah, and that's it. That's I love that. That ended up working out for us is that we can finish off um, and carry in any momentum with our home crowd into playoffs. Um, I think that our home core is going to be so special to us, and, and really it's going to be home court advantage because it's not too big of a venue, but it's not too small, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be full of all our fans. Um so if we need to close out and take away some wins at the end of the season, we'll do that at our home venue. That coming from Mike Sugamosto of the Syracuse Stallions, releasing their schedule this morning, folks. And you can already purchase tickets to October 28th, Oneonta at Syracuse, and they will be featuring 
11 home games that you have right now. We got four at the end here, plus the two in January and December, and then you got a bunch here. So you got a nice nice group here of home games and opportunities for fans to come out and see you and spend some time with you, and obviously uh, the opportunity to have professional basketball back in Syracuse is huge. And, Mike, you know that I'm more than excited about what's to come here. For me, this is for me this is big. So hopefully my excitement – excites you for the upcoming yeah. season because i'm i'm very i'm i've been waiting for this for a long time yeah it definitely excites and, and to be honest we haven't heard one bad thing it's it's there's a lot of excitement and and people are anxious to see this and um it's it's a really good feeling it pushes pushes us to do this even even better um to, to see the excitement of our fans and even our players that may play for us it's such a good feeling so um, we're, we're doing this for the fans and uh, for the community. It, it deserves to be here, and, and Syracuse is so rich in talent that we need to be here. That coming from Mike Sugamosto, bringing Syracuse professional basketball back again. Ironically, I was just talking about the Syracuse Nationals and what life was like back in the day, and then Philadelphia taking over and only having one championship in the last 35 years. Really quick, Mike, before I let you go, where I spent – the better half, uh, better part of this first hour on LeBron and where LeBron could be going since nobody cares that Golden State won a championship. So, <laughs> so where, in your opinion, makes the most sense to LeBron? I have, I have my thoughts. What are yours? Oh, um, I I've been saying it before, maybe a couple months ago. I think the Sixers, um, just because there's a lot of youth and talent, and he can go in right away and, and win the East with that team. Um, but I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's it's gonna be it's gonna definitely be a shock if he stay. I think if he stays with Cleveland, I think it's gonna be a shock to me. Um, but I, I, for me, the Sixers. And I would agree with you on that. Since uh, when you look at the cap space and the opportunities, and the fact that he'd be playing with young guys that are not going to be demanding the ball away from him, and I, I mean, I think he definitely with Fultz and. Simmons and you know if they can make Joel Embiid and all that makes sense so we're looking at a very dangerous team that nobody would want to play out of the east and we know that he found he's found success in the east already so yeah definitely. we'll see what happens from here but we're excited for it as we are excited about this upcoming season for the Syracuse Stallions thank you for releasing the schedule during the show so I could pop you on here for a couple minutes <laughs> yeah thanks for following me <laughs> all right I'll take care and I'll talk with you soon Alrighty, thank you. Thanks. Uh, coming from Mike Sugamosto once again, working with and on the staff of the Syracuse Stallions, bringing basketball professionally back to Syracuse through the ABA. Love the ABA. And very excited about what's coming up this season once again. A home game to start off the season at the end of October. Then November, three of their four games at home. December, one game at home, but you're not traveling far. You're playing. You're going to Elmira, New York, Binghamton, New York, or Scranton, Pennsylvania. In January, they'll play Rock City and Scranton at home. In February, Binghamton, Oneonta, and Elmira. And in March, Rock City for their final game. Their season goes almost exactly in line with Syracuse men's basketball, who starts at the beginning of November. The Stallions start right at the end of October, and then both of them end the regular season in the first week of March. So if you just think about Syracuse basketball season and line it up that way, that's what you're looking at right now with the Syracuse Stallions. Looking to make it happen and have some fun 
bringing basketball back to Syracuse, New York. And I feel elated and, and very honored that they are partnering with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora in promotion of their team throughout their regular season from October through March. So big ups to them for signing on with us and partnering with us here at Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora to help them to really share their message, spread their message, and and bring this team in a very amazing way to Central and upstate New York. So thank you to Mike Sugamosto as well as Josh Winans and Jimmy Evans for being a part of this wonderful, wonderful return of basketball to Central and upstate New York. We will take a step aside here in just a few moments to get Deshante Riley on, but not before we go on the prowl. I promised you that we would go on the prowl here, and that's exactly what we're going to do. I'm going to be on the score 1260. That's right, my old stomping grounds. I'm going to be on the score 1260 later on today, June 12th at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I will be joining Drive Time and speaking... On the show with Paul Esten, and we're going to be discussing the CNY Pop Festival, as well as probably some Syracuse sports and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So make sure that you listen in to the Score 1260 coming up later on today. I will be a part of the show. I want to give you all that information. Again, Drive Time Sports with Boy Green, and I will be there at 4.30 p.m. talking Cuse as well as the Jaguars and the CNY Pop Festival. So don't miss out on an opportunity to hear me on my old stomping grounds of the score 1260. So I'll be heading back to the to what I did before I owned my own company and spending some time on the airwaves over there. So that'll be fun, and we'll have a great time because God is good and God is great. So with that being said, we're going to talk about the Jaguars in a little bit, but I figure we'll talk about them for a few minutes now, go on the prowl here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora and discuss some of the things that the Jaguars have done this season. What I like about this upcoming season, I should say, is that people still don't think the Jaguars are that good. Well, Dan, why do you like that? You've covered the team for now this being your 10th year. Why do you like the people think they're not good? Because if you think what they did last year was a a fluke, they'll run all over you. If you think that what Jacksonville put together last year was totally by chance and will never happen again, (laughs) well, then I can't wait to play you. That's how I look at it because these Jacksonville Jaguars have done some amazing things. They went from three wins. They went from what they had a season before. If we go back to the Jacksonville Jaguars and we go season by season here, they had 12 wins last year, 12 last year, okay? Won their division and had 12 wins last year. Now, for those of you that are playing the home game and say, well, how many games did they win in 2017-18? Oh, pardon me, 2017-18 season. But when we look at what they've done up to this point, in the 2016-17 season, they won three games. In the 2017-18 season, they won 12. They multiplied their wins between... 2016-17 and 2017-18 by four. They multiplied their win total by four in the regular season. And then leaking into where they stood in the postseason. Ten and six in the regular season, then won two more. Twelve wins. 12 wins last season 
compared to three the year before, no playoffs. One step away from getting into the Super Bowl, which hasn't happened since they defeated John Elway and the Broncos way back when. Both under Tom Coughlin, mind you. This Jacksonville Jaguars team multiplied their win total by four from from the season before to this past season. And people still think this team isn't that good. They still don't have a lot of talent. It was a fluke. They haven't done that well. So the craziness of what this team has done in a season, just a season, is great. It's amazing. And they have Leonard Fournette. They have that back, right? I said the first time that they may have a franchise back on their team since Fred Taylor. And here he is. Blake Bortles, who is totally and undeniably un, underappreciated and disrespected. It's amazing to me. Again, and I and I, I know I know folks, I've said this before. I understand that. And I'm not meaning to sound like a broken record. I'm just trying to let you know. I heard about Tom Brady's friggin' bum thumb for Days upon days upon days, hours upon hours. There are people on the radio in Massachusetts that sounded like they wanted to make out, but not like a little bit, like tongue and heavy with Tom Brady. I was like, just kiss him already. Just kiss him already. Wife him up. Do whatever you got to do. And Blake Bortles is playing playing with a tear in his right wrist, his throwing side, a tear in his throwing side for over a year from December 2016 all the way through the season and was taking shots before the game in order to help him alleviate his pain so he could throw the ball and everybody wants to know why Blake Bortles couldn't complete a touchdown at the end of the game. How about Miles Jack? Was he down? So, and how about the fact that Tom Brady got two touchdowns off of penalties? So, the Patriots needed... Everything around them to work. Everything around them to work. Every single piece to work. They needed mistakes by the Jaguars. That's how they won. That's how it worked. To bring... All of those things together just to get one dub. Jacksonville didn't need help from the Patriots. And they didn't get any help from the Patriots. The Patriots have one penalty. They had no help from the Patriots. And they lost by four with a quarterback that had a tear in his right wrist. On a team that had won three games the year before. On a team that hadn't been to the playoffs in a decade. And we want to talk about how great the Patriots are when they needed all the help in the world. Everything had to work perfectly. Everybody, there had to be penalties. There had to be mistakes. There had to be this. There had to be There had to be Jacksonville blunders for the Patriots to win the game. There had to be help. Tom Brady did not go the length of the field one time and score. Yet we're talking about how wonderful the Patriots are and how they're the best team in football, but we can't talk about how Jacksonville, who got no help from anybody, no respect from anybody, won 12 games last year. 
And they return TJ Yeldon, Corey Grant, Leonard Fournette. Love that. Blake Bortles, love that. Marquise Lee is going to get some help from potentially Dante Moncrief or DJ Chark. They got D.D. Westbrook coming back. He was starting to get some time at the end of the season because he was hurt. Keelan Cole and Jadon Mickens, two names you didn't know and you probably still don't know, and guess what? That's fine because they're going to catch touchdown passes. And Jadon Mickens sleep, went from sleeping in his car in Jacksonville because he didn't want to get an apartment because he didn't know if he was going to make the team to being a return specialist for the squad and being a guy that they could trust to catch the ball when everybody was going down and everybody he was getting hurt last year when they had to deal with Marquise Lee injuries and Alan Hearn injuries and Alan Robinson injuries. They trusted in Jadon Mickens and Keelan Cole, and those guys came through in big-time moments. I'm not happy about the tight end situation because they got rid of Mercedes, who I thought was going to play his entire career there. But James O'Shaughnessy, he's done some good things. Ben Koyak caught the only touchdown against the Bills in the wild-card round. Austin Safarian Jenkins and Niles Paul. Our two guys brought on. It looks like Nile. I mean, if they have a two tight end set, then they're going to heavily be running the ball. And so you got to have that power there. Austin Safarian Jenkins, I want to see how he does. I don't like his antics off the field and some things that have happened, but I want to give him another chance and see how things work out. Cam Robinson, he went to work as a rookie. Brandon Linder, he's gone to work at the center position. A.J. Can, Jeremy Parnell, who they got from the... Dallas Cowboys, and then you add in Andrew Norwell, who was a free agent who they paid up big time to be that left guard to help out Cam Robinson on the left side of the line. This is huge. If he comes through the amount of money that he comes through, he's an all-pro first team there could be something awesome coming from this former Carolina Panther. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball, Yannick Ngakwe, Marcel Darius, Malik Jackson, Calais Campbell, they're all there. Dewan Smoot, He's there as well. Taven Bryan was drafted. Avery Jones is there as well. And then at the middle linebacker, I'm gonna I want to see what's gonna happen here because they have Blair Brown, who is a fifth round draft pick in 2017, who they put a lot of faith in. They haven't gone and gotten anybody else. Telvin Smith and Miles Jack. We know that they have done some great things recently. I want to see what Blair Brown can do. He could be a steal. AJ Boye on one side, Jalen Ramsey on the other. Tashawn Gibson looks to be healthy. Barry Church back. DJ Hayden is there to help out. Ronnie Harrison was drafted in the third round out of Alabama to help out help out at safety. So if Gibson goes down or Barry Church, whatever, we know he's not going to be in the NFL forever. If something you know were to happen and one of these guys goes down or retire or whatever, then Ronnie Harrison can step up as well, might step up before that. They lose Chad Henney, not a big loss. They lose Chris Ivory, not a big loss. Allen Robinson didn't do anything last season to get them to 12 wins, so not a big loss. The biggest loss on the team is the retirement of Paul Puzlesny, by far. And I'm going to talk more about it today on the Score 1260, so make sure that you listen into the Score 1260 today to hear me return to my old airwave stomping grounds. I used to have wake-up call on the Score 1260, so you can hear me there today at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday, June 12th, speaking with Boy Green on Drive Time Sports. And we're going to take a step aside, come back with Deshante Riley in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. 
for one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. The CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so... I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing.
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. It's an honor and a privilege to have this gentleman on the show with me for the first time ever. I've wanted to have him on the show from years back. I'm happy that our, our paths finally crossed because he was at Syracuse, then went over to Eastern Michigan in my time of coming back into Syracuse, New York. So it's been a little bit, but, you know, God is good, and you finally get those opportunities. And Deshante Riley is on the show with me right now. And, and Deshante, I'm very happy to finally get you on Wake Up Call. Absolutely, man. The pleasure is all mine, Dan. I'm glad you reached out and uh, wanted me to be a part of this. And and to have you here, we're going to talk about a lot of things today. Uh, where You know, obviously okay. you're a part of, of Bayheim's Army, but you and I were having a conversation off the air about Draymond Green and the fact that not only do you, you know, know of Draymond Green, you grew up with Draymond Green. So bring me bring me into that, you know, just when you met him and, and kind of growing up with Draymond from who's now from Golden State. Yeah, um, my first time meeting him actually was like an AAU. Uh, they won the state championship in Class A I'm from Michigan. His team was like the, the most dominant team in Class A, and my team was the best team in Class B, and we kind of both won a championship that year, and ended up playing for the same AAU team that summer, but I just remember always hearing about this guy, and he made other guys nervous on the team when he came there, because it's like, you know, he's coming to take some minutes or whatever, but he's always been a super competitive guy, man, um, very cool guy, he, uh, definitely, he's, a, he's a, a very personable person, I know people might think he's mean, or just because his competitiveness and his approach to the game, man. But um, just to see somebody come from a similar place as you and take it to, you know, a maximum in, in the fashion in which he's doing it, man, I'm really impressed by everything he's doing. And with Draymond, I mean, he's he's public enemy number one to a lot of people right now. Did you always get a sense of that was how he played his game that he wanted to get inside your head? Uh to a certain degree, um, I think it was less less of an emphasis back in the day. Um, but I think as 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 life went on and as he had to find different a different niche in the game and different ways to be successful, I think that kind of just pulled, got pulled pulled out of him more and more and more. And um, I think he started off early. Like when I first met him, he was a lot more of a, like a scorer type of guy. It's funny seeing him now, but he's he's changed his game a lot and adapted. And I think everything you see now has come from his understanding of how to just basically just win. So I think he does whatever he just feels he needs to do to win. But I never, I did. I mean, he was always he always talked. I won't say he didn't talk, but it wasn't to this extent. When it, when you look at back on it and look back on the time of playing with him and getting to know him, what were the things that you took away from Draymond the most? Um, that's an interesting question. I don't know. It was well, he's only a year older than me, and I got a chance to play up like with his age group during AAU. So, um, I don't know. He wasn't as as as, as good of a player as he was back then. He wasn't the star that I won't. He said he wasn't the star that he is now. So he was just always just a regular guy. I mean, we always just we have we have we have a lot of mutual friends. My my best friend is also one of his best friends. So um, I don't know. Just I guess mainly just just that competitive. 
competitiveness and his approach basically to the game, man. I think um, he never really cared about what he lacked or, or, or even what he was good at. He just knew that the main thing was just to compete. So I think I, I, took, I took that from the, the most from him, if anything. Speaking here with Deshante Riley, former Syracuse player who's back with Bayheim's Army, and we have a lot to discuss this morning. Uh, to keep on this one final thing about about Draymond, I call him the Dennis Rodman of the Golden State Warriors. Is that fair right now in the way you see him play? Uh, yeah, that's, I can absolutely see that comparison. Um, he's a little more skilled than them, I believe, but uh, definitely just his his value to the team. Um. It's tough to say this because Dennis Rodman was a very valuable player to his team. I think he's even more valuable to his team than Dennis Rodman was. But I definitely understand the comparison for sure. Could you ever see Draymond Green going to North Korea to speak with Kim Jong-un like Dennis Rodman is? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually my friend, a friend of mine, like the same friend I was just referencing, just sent me a video of that, of that whole interview with him. And I was really shocked by what was going on. But I guess to each his own yeah, I mean, uh, who knew that Dennis Rodman could play basketball, marry himself, and be friends with Kim Jong Un? I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. Damn man, he's, a, he's, a, he's definitely a trendsetter. I give him that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking here with Deshante Riley, Deshante, I want to go back to your Syracuse days and okay. just what you took away from that, because you know, obviously, you you took the opportunity to to transfer. And so I want to go back into kind of coming into Syracuse and what ultimately you took away from Syracuse. Um, I would say one of the bigger things was just uh, just my perspective, I guess, on the game at large. Um, I was sort of a late bloomer, I would say, and um, I started to get more notoriety like later in my high school years and then. Um, once I got there, that was like one of the bigger stages I've ever been on. Uh, and, uh, just understanding just, just the impact that this game has on, on, on people's lives. Uh, and even like the people who don't play, just their appreciation for the game. Like I had never been in the arena that had 30 something thousand fans and, um, just like a whole like community dedicated to the, to, to the support and the success of a basketball team. I thought that was really cool. So, and then also just being like in the, in the, on a court every single day with guys who were the top players in their, in their, uh, state and on their teams that they played for previously before Syracuse. Uh, it just taught you, it makes you look internally and see how, 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 Competitive, you need to be to be the best that you can be. Going up against guys like Fat Mello and and Arenze on the walk, and you got Wes Johnson and Chris Joseph in practice. And, you know, Deion Waiters, man, it's, it's just it's really competitive. And when you look back on that time, like you said, I mean, you had Brandon Trish, Andy Routens, Wes Johnson, Rick Jackson, Arenze on Chris yeah. Joseph, Scoop Jardine, and, you know, James Sutherland. I mean, you had you had a bunch of guys that. That obviously have been able to do things, you know. James uh, working with some NBA teams, doing summer league and whatnot, going overseas. Trish playing overseas. Andy playing inside the NBA and overseas. West playing in the NBA. Arinze playing in the NBA and overseas. Chris playing in the NBA and overseas. So I mean, you know, you had you had a lot of guys around you that found success in basketball as well. And just it, you know what you could say about that being surrounded by those guys. Man, um. 
and I think the best thing about all those guys that you named are they're just like really good people. Like um, you know, Wes and Chris and Orenze and and these guys, they took me and James and, and, and Trish under when we came up came into Syracuse and um they're just really good people too, but definitely just from a basketball standpoint, man, you have no choice but to get better. I mean, when I came to Syracuse, I was I don't know how much I weighed, but I was probably like like a stick or something. I was seven feet, but I was skinny as I don't know what. And I'm going right into practicing every day against Rick Jackson and Renze on the walk. Probably two of the strongest guys I ever played against. And then, you know, I'm, I'm having the help side against Wes Johnson driving to the, to the basket of Chris Joseph. These guys might dunk on me at any time. And... You know, it's just like it's, it's teaching you so much and you don't even realize it because sometimes you don't even realize how fortunate you are to be in a situation where you're, you're getting better against guys who are essentially better than you at the time. Speaking here with Deshante Riley, who spent time with Syracuse, went on to Eastern Michigan, is back with Bayheim's Army. To, to speak on the fact that, you know, you are not only on Bayheim's Army, but you're back with, you know, some of those guys that we brought up, your former teammates you know for Brandon Trish Chris Joseph James Sutherland what's that experience like for you to you know you're not only back on a a team that's wearing that orange and down in that orange proudly but you're back with some of your former teammates and some of those guys we just mentioned so getting the band back together just to speak on that yeah that's I mean I'm looking forward to that the most man um James is like my one of my best friends closest friends to this day um, me, him, and Trish, we were all roommates when we first came in. And then, like I said, Chris Joseph, was, he's only like a year older than us, but he was like a big brother. And that, uh, he's one of my best friends as well. Man, I'm just looking, we always had good times together. And uh, I'm just looking forward to the opportunity to not only compete with them guys, but just, you know, do the hard court stuff and just, just catch up on good times. And, uh, yeah, that's, I, I look, I definitely look forward to that, man. Trish is a, is, a, is a quiet guy, but he's, he's just as funny as anybody I know, too. So I'm looking forward to seeing those guys. When you and Brandon and James Sutherland all roomed together at Syracuse, bring me into that living space. What was that like? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was interesting, for sure. Um, I had never had a roommate before that situation, but uh, it was interesting. You got three different types of personalities James is always upbeat and moving around. Trish is quiet. He's from Syracuse, so he was kind of, he was barely there. And uh, me, just I'm quiet too. But I, you know, I'm, I'm just observing and just having a good time, man, with it all. But it was interesting, man. We all kind of grew up together and learned a lot about a lot of different things together. So that was a fun experience for sure. And and Deshante, to to go to that moment where you decided that it ultimately was better for you to to move forward in your career and, and to go somewhere else and you decided to leave Syracuse. Just how much time went into that? What went into that? I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. So when you look back on those right. moments, what what did it for you and how long did you take in, in figuring out that ultimately it was, it was the decision that you wanted to make? Um, you know, when, when you're a kid, man, when you're a kid, excuse me, and you've got uh, you're trying to. You think you, you think you're mature enough, I guess, to kind of make your own decisions or, or pick the things, the decisions that are best for you. Um, I won't say that they're the right or wrong thing to do, but you're just doing basically what you feel like you need to do at the time. And um, 
that time I was I had experienced my first injury that I had never experienced before and um I also wanted to be closer to home at the, it was causing that that same injury kind of made me a little homesick so it was a lot of different influences going into it and um my confidence maybe wasn't where it needed to be at the time to feel like I was good enough to stay at Syracuse to be uh not good enough but just that maybe I could still be successful there and um you know, I won't say that it was a good or a bad decision. Um, it was just a it was just a thing that I felt like I needed to do at the time. And um, some positives and some negatives came from it. But overall, I learned a lot from, from making that decision, and uh, it ultimately made me mature a lot faster. And um, you know, going into a situation where I go from being as needed player to being the main player on our team, I had to kind of grow up a little faster. And um, it was an overall interesting situation. Um, going with Rob Murphy made it a lot easier. Uh, obviously, a guy who recruited me to Syracuse. So it was like less of an adjustment from there. And then being from Detroit was also a good thing because I had the support of my family and friends that were still here. So um, I won't say I regret it. Uh, at times, I, I felt that I definitely should have stayed at Syracuse. But overall, I, I think everything happens for a reason, man. And um, I just try to look at the positives from my Syracuse, uh, my time at Syracuse and my time at Eastern Michigan. Speaking here with Deshante Riley here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Deshante, you said there were some positives that came from it, some negatives. What were the positives and what were the negatives that came from transferring out of Syracuse? Um, well, I mean, Syracuse is first class, so I want, and that's not a knock on Eastern Michigan, but I mean, everything you do is first class. You have a mellow center, you're, you know, you don't have to worry about a lot of bus travel, you're flying a lot. Um, it, it's, a, it's an environment catered to, a lot more catered to your development, I guess, as a basketball player and a student as well. So just understanding the difference, just witnessing the differences between a high major and a mid major college. I won't say that's a negative, but, I mean, who wouldn't want to, you know, do first-class things and enjoy playing in the garden for the tournament and things like that. But um, positives, I think, like I said before, just it, it made me have to learn to how to be self-sufficient, I guess, and um, kind of dig deep and find out what I need to work on for myself as opposed to relying on some of the best trainers or coaches in the world and things like that. Um it was a, a positive for me was that I look I look forward to the opportunity to just to, just to, uh, create something from the ground up. I came in with a couple guys that I knew already talking about at Eastern Michigan, and uh, we I just looked forward to the opportunity to kind of set a new trend. At that time, mid majors were kind of you know guys were kind of going to mid majors and blowing up and becoming a man. So that was kind of my vision of it. But it didn't necessarily work out like that. But I don't have any regrets either. So when you look back on, on your time and you look back on your career, what did this whole thing, you know, teach you, Deshante, when you look back on Syracuse and Eastern Michigan and you put it all together? If there's a kid out there listening to the show right now who's being recruited, what would be your advice to that kid? Um, I would say there are going to be a lot of people who, who feel you should do this or should do that, and then you yourself are going to look at a lot of different things that you feel are important or it's I, as a kid it's hard to maintain perspective that 
you're going to be a man and you're going to have to set up things in your life for you to be self-sufficient and for you to have the success that you envision for yourself. And although you should follow your heart and things like that, just to remain conscious of the fact that this is real life and that some things are more beneficial for you than others. So just make, uh, I would just say, just, just do your due diligence and, and look at all the factors that play, whether it's committing to a school, whether it's before you transfer from a school, just understand what you being in a particular environment, how it can benefit you the most. And, um, you know, everybody's not going to be destined to go to the MGA to even have a successful overseas career, but, you know, you look at the, 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 the positives and, and, and what a situation can do for you based off of the type of person that you are, and just make a solid decision from there. It won't be easy, but I think you know, if you just stay conscious and, and stay persistent, then those are the two best things that you can really do. And when you look at that, and, and you and you see kind of how things are nowadays, Deshante. I mean, social media has, you know, I talk about it all the time here on the show that social media was made to bring us together. For some odd reason, people use it to to pull us farther apart. Yes. What would be your advice on, you know, use if you're an athlete and whatnot, of using social media and connecting with people on social media. I mean, how because you're pretty you're pretty low key and as far as yeah. from what I know, you don't have a Twitter account, right? No, I don't. So, you know, what can you say about social media and how that has, you know, essentially the fans can get in touch with you whenever they want to, but the fans can get in touch with you whenever they want to. So, you know, just kind of what that experience is like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, just like anything, too much of anything is, is, uh, it can be bad for you. You know, you, if you have a headache, if you take some Tylenol, too much of that may kill you. Or, you know, like, is that, like it's, 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 it's all about balance. I mean, this is the world that we live in now. You have to, essentially go to the internet for everything so it's going to be hard to tell a kid not to use social media and stuff like that but um just i would my advice would just be don't rely on it for anything um like if you're feeling self-conscious about a, a bad game or something like that then go to the gym and work out you don't have to make a post or anything to try to get some like artificial validation for yourself i think you see a lot of that going on like um because it's, it's, it's very temporary, and I think a lot of people use social media to just kind of solve, like, um, some social insecurities that they may have about themselves. So I would say just use it as a tool, just like your brain is a tool. You don't want to live so much in your head, but you need to use your brain to figure out some different things. So just use social media as needed. I mean, I can't. I don't like to tell people how to, you know, treat that because some people it doesn't affect them in ways that it affects other people. So I just say know yourself before you use all of that stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I agree with that because I think that a lot of people go to, like you were saying, they go to social media to find, to find, you know, do people like me? Do they like the way? And I said this before, I said, never go to social media and say, do I look pretty? Never go to social media and say, did I have a good game today? Because the answer is almost always no. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, how... Like you said, the bad, the good thing is that people can contact you, and the bad thing that people can get in contact with you. So, you're going to get 
whatever. You're not even like you're not even gonna get what you're looking for. You're just gonna open yourself up to everything that's out there, from people's opinions to all of that. So right. just be aware of that for sure. And that's the thing is, you know, in order for me to get to Deshante Riley, it was very difficult because because yeah. he's quiet on social media. But you know, that's the yeah. thing is, you try to interact with people and you try to you try to find good people. And I tell people all the time, I have a Twitter account for my business. I have a Facebook account yeah, yeah. for my business. I have an Instagram account yeah. for my business. I have a YouTube account yeah. for my business. If it wasn't for my business, then I would be a hermit on social media. Exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm not going on there going, hey, do you guys, you know, how about you guys name my show or how about you guys tell me what to talk about today? It's like, this is what I'm talking about. If you don't like it, then do something else. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that theory 100%. So, in the world and the evolution of, of all of this, with you being quiet on social media, how... how yeah. how is that for you? I mean, how how peaceful is that for you, I guess? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it, it, it's it's interesting, man. I um, I don't know. I I I more so do it for. I just understand how important. I I kind of got to know myself over the last couple of years, and I just know it's important for me to keep a certain distance from certain things, just to allow me to stay focused on what I need to focus on. Sometimes, but um, it's it's weird. It's a balance because, like, um. Over the last few years, I've gotten into uh, producing music or whatever, and I started a, a group with one of my former teammates from Eastern Michigan. He's a rapper, and um, so we put out different projects and like different videos associated with these projects. So I had to kind of like be a little more social in that aspect or whatever. He's like getting me to like try to post more and do this or that. So. It's weird, man. I don't. I don't like to completely look at it as a negative because I know I need it sometimes. But uh, for me, like like you just said, I just try to use it for business. If I have something that's on my mind that I would like to share to people, or some content that I would like to give to people, that's when I use it the most. But not just to post a selfie or just to try to get some love when I'm lacking or something like that. Yeah. I, try to, I try to get all of that in the real world first. Yeah, you know, I mean, in the in the real world, you know, you're you always take selfies of yourself to remember what's going. I mean, I mean, it's I don't even like I don't even like the name. I can't call it a selfie because I feel like I'm a 16 year old girl if I call it a selfie. So I I have to call I call it. They're like, well, then what do you call it, Dan? I was like, I call it a picture. They're like, is it a self portrait? Right, it's just a picture. You know, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to do my thing and have. But here's the crazy thing about it. You take a picture of yourself standing on the mountain, but you can't forget to shut your phone off, turn your head the other way, and actually yeah. take in this mountain and exactly. breathe in nature. I mean, you got you got to enjoy life. You're telling everybody this is what I'm doing, but you should probably enjoy what you're doing. Absolutely, it's like I, I always say this: like you go, you see people post videos or pictures of them at the club and. They're spending the whole two hours that they're in the club just taking videos and pictures. I'm like, how do you even enjoy the party? Like, you're just taking pictures the whole time. Yeah. But, I mean, to each his own, I won't tell people how to get validation. If that's where it's at now, then I understand. But all it is, it isn't for me to that extent, at least. And I will tell you that I feel very blessed and, and very honored, thanks to God, that I have my wife in my life because... If you go on social media, 
with all this contouring and makeup and changing of this and Snapchat make it like you don't know. I mean, like I remember you. Did you watch Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Yeah, of course. Okay, so there was this one episode where Will is trapped with his girlfriend, Mm -hmm. and she takes. So she's got like she. He wants to marry this girl. She's all done up, and then all of a sudden she takes she takes her wig off. And she's got different hair. She's taking out like you know tissues and stuff in her bra and whatnot. And then and then he goes, "I want the real you. Like, where's the real you?" And she goes, "You want it here." She's like, "Here, here, here." And she's ripping off all her fake nails and putting them in her hand. And I'm thinking back then, like women, you know, could stuff this, move this, get the hair, put the nails on. But now all they got to do is take a picture. They look like a totally different human being. Man, it's crazy. I, I was having a conversation with someone else, and I was telling them, like, I feel like that's almost like fraud in the sense. It's like, you're, you're, you look like a completely different person than who you are, really. Like, they're changing their whole skin tone and everything, like facial features. It, they they become so creative with the makeup. It, it's amazing. Yeah, it's very, see, that's why I like, you know, as a man, we I can't do much. It's like, what you see is what you get. <laughs> so. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So it's not like it's not like you could go ahead. Have always dialed themselves up since the beginning of time. That's not the issue. No, but I think like when people like feel like you see people say these things like uh, people won't accept me for the true me or people only approach me for this or that, and I feel like sometimes you get what you're putting out into the world. So I just want women to understand like sometimes like there's nothing wrong with makeup and stuff like that, but. A lot of the results that you're getting back from this is because of who you're trying to portray yourself to be as opposed to who you really are. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, it's like you're not going to see, I mean, you get personality somewhat off of there, but that's the thing is like, if you if you, yeah. if you put yourself out there a certain way, I tell people all the time, and the wise people look at me like this, I said, listen, if you if you dress like a duck and you quack like a duck and you look like a duck, mm-hmm. people think you're a duck. So, exactly, exactly. So that, I mean, that's, that's how it is. So I got to ask you this, Deshante, since I'm five, eight and my mother's, my mother's four ten. bless her heart. She's a little best lady in the world. This little lady, she's four ten. My dad's six foot. So I'm smack dab in the middle. What is it like to be seven feet tall since I'll never know? <laughs> so. uh, man, it's a, uh, you feel like a walking billboard at times, but it's okay. I, I've learned to adjust for sure. Um, you know, being in the basketball world, man, it's like you don't even, you forget sometimes, like, because you're going against guys who are six, eight, and even seven foot themselves and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, you go into the real world and you just figure, like, yeah, like I'm, I don't look that much different than a lot of people, but you walk past everybody and they're just staring at you, man. So it's funny, cause when I was younger, my mom had to teach me to not be, like, mean about it, like, because I would sometimes ignore people, but it would just be too much at times, like, all day, every day, and it still is to that degree, but I'm I'm more mature now, I can handle it a little better, but it's cool, it has its advantages and disadvantages. I mean, I guess the advantages is you can, you can see a lot more, you can, uh, you can, you can, you can reach everything, as Kevin Hart says, if they put something on the top shelf, it's hard for him, so you could do that. But, I mean, for you, I mean, it's like, you know, it, it does, it stands out. And like you said, you had to find a way of, of accepting, you know, this is who I am. And on the basketball court, you're just another player. But walking through Times Square, you know, we can see you. Walk, you know what I mean? So it's like, how did you adjust to that? And, 
and just kind of realize, hey, you know what? This is how God made me, and and that's yeah. I'm just gonna yeah. be me. Um, like I said, my mother was on me a lot early on. I won't say I was a mean. I wasn't mean or anything, but it was just it was it was noticeable when it would get to me. Like um, like it's like I can go nowhere. Even when I was a when I was a kid, I was like when I was like fourteen, I was like six eight or something like that. So it's like. You can tell I'm a kid, but it's still like he's a super tall kid, so people are going to say stuff. And uh, it's just an adjustment. You realize at the end of the day, you can't get any shorter, so you might as well just accept it. And then um, as I got older, I got to see where it could benefit me, and I guess I found confidence in that, um, obviously, on the basketball court. Um, I like to think I'm a, a very, I won't say fashionable guy, but I, I, I dress pretty well, and I like uh, to think that I could, I, I like dressing well for my height. You know, see a lot of guys that dress pretty well, and then girls obviously like it a little more. And I definitely just got a little more confidence as life went on. And in speaking here with Deshante Riley, who spent time with Syracuse now in Bayheim's Army, you know, you had mentioned that you're working with music now. Just what you can say about, you know, how that's going and. You know what you, what you've done with that. How long you've been working with that, and and to let people know that side of it. Yeah, um, it's, it, it was, it's very interesting. I um, when I graduated Syracuse, I actually went to Montenegro for like a month or two, and then I ended up leaving because I just wasn't, I didn't like the situation. But they wouldn't let me out of my out of that contract, so I really couldn't play for my first year out of school. So I had a lot of time on my hands, and um. The guy I was telling you with my, my, my one of my friends uh, that I started this group with, I would always make like these fixes in college and stuff like that. But that was more like DJ type stuff. And then he would suggest like he said, "I think you would be good at making beats or whatever." So I, I you know I got the programs on my computer and I just I kept chipping away at it. That was about I want to say two years ago, two and a half, three years ago. And um, it just I just kept going and going. And then um, we, me and him formed this group. It's called ASDR. We have two projects like on iTunes and Spotify and all of that, and um, it's been really progressive. We uh, a lot of a lot of interest. We've done some shows. Uh, even even a label has a couple labels have reached out expressing interest in what we were doing. Um, this is a really fun experience, man. I, I, I really enjoy music. It's really like a really a, a, a big passion for me. Um, and uh, I just enjoy the fact that I'm able to create it, and, and other people can appreciate it as well. And and when and how can people connect with that? I know you mentioned iTunes. How can you connect with your music? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess you got they can follow me on social on Instagram um, at uh, t a e underscore r y. Um, our group is called A S D R. Our letters. Um, and you can just type that in on iTunes or Spotify or Tidal or whatever, as well as we got a few videos on YouTube as well to look up. So I think, yeah, those are pretty much the simplest way. And that coming from Deshante Riley to connect with you, music. What else are you doing outside of that? Is there any other projects that you're working on outside of music? Uh, uh not really. Um, I definitely would like to get into different, uh, I guess, creative endeavors or whatever, but that's like the main catalyst or just the, the main thing for me right now. Um, as I gain more like, uh, I guess, financial security and, and things like that, I'll, I'll begin to dive into other little ideas and stuff that I have. But for the most part, I've just been really ex- 
definitely. I, I want to kind of just focus on that for for right now in basketball. I think that's the main thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see as time goes on. I think I'm a pretty creative guy. I got different ideas about different things I like to do. So in due time. And, and having that basketball side of it and closing, you know, to be a part of Bayheim's Army and and to be with this team, I know we spoke about it a little bit, but just what you're looking forward to this season. You know, last season it was a stretch all the way to the final four teams. This year there's more teams in the TBT than there is in the NCAA Division One men's basketball tournament, which is hard to believe because they have 68, but your tournament now has 72 so just what you can oh, wow. say about, you know, this connection and and just what it means for you to be a part of this. Um you know, I'm like I am just I'm appreciative of of this I guess the Syracuse community embracing me. Um, you never know when you transfer what what type of energy will exist from that. But um I've I've always received well wishes and, and positive energy from everyone at Syracuse from the staff to the fans. I'm just looking forward to that opportunity to kind of represent that again, represent those same people who gave me their support along the way, as well as um just kind of prove myself, prove that, you know, I belonged at Syracuse when I went there, as well as I'm a, a pretty good basketball player. And then from a team aspect, I just look forward to just competing with a lot of my friends and um just, 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 just actually, you know, for sure winning the whole thing. Um, last year, I, I didn't get into it for a moral victory, but I got one out of it. And, and this year, I would like to actually win the prize for me and my teammates as well. And um, I think we're more than capable. So I'm just looking forward to the opportunity to compete, really. And to have that opportunity again. I mean, for you, like you said, you know, you left Syracuse and you look back on it, and, and there was a lot that you took away from Syracuse. And like you said, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, I should have stayed or that was something I should have thought about. Does this for you kind of tie up loose ends and bring things together that you were with Syracuse, you left Syracuse, and now in your own way, you're back with your teammates and you're back with Syracuse again? Yeah, for sure. It definitely has that, um, that unfinished business type of vibe to it. Um, and a lot of people thought that I was kind of like forced to transfer from Syracuse. And, you know, that was, that was a personal decision for me. And, um, I think a lot of connotations were put on me and my name as it related to me transferring. And, um, I just kind of want to, I guess, if this, this, if this would be my last situation to represent my connection with Syracuse, I would like to put an impression on it, a positive impression on it that, you know, I was good enough to compete there uh, as well as with the guys that are all going to be on my team. And, um, just, I don't know. I just, I just, I I definitely have a a desire to prove myself as a player. Um, but mainly I'm a team guy at the same time. And I just want to do whatever I can to help my team win. Um, I'm not saying I'm just, I'm going to be a star player or anything. I just want to have fun and compete, man, with that Bayhams Army across my team. And, um, and have a good time, really. Uh, last year was really fun for me. It was, we were put in some tough situations uh, competitively, but it was it was fun to compete in those type of situations. It felt like being back in the Big East again. And, um, yeah, I just look forward to the, to, to the overall aspect of everything that's involved. 
that coming from Deshante Riley, who spent time with Syracuse, is back with Syracuse with Bayheim's Army, and Bayheim's Army will take off on July 21st, their first game in Brooklyn, so not too far away. You could go and see him, and you just saw him in Brooklyn a few months back when they played inside of the ACC tournament. Deshante, I know it's your first time on the show, but I feel like we, yeah. we open a bunch of doors, and I would love to have you back on the show. Absolutely, please, anytime, man. I, I definitely enjoyed the conversation, man. Very genuine conversation. I'm glad you invited me onto your show. Well, you know what? If I've learned anything in life from my grandmother and, and my mom and whatnot, it's, you know, if you're a good person the first time and every time, then good things will start coming your way. Absolutely. That's a great lesson. I, 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 I was taught the same thing as well. So, yeah, except for the fact that I'm 5'8 and you're 7 foot, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> But as always, we, we appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to having you back on soon, Deshante. So keep in touch, and, and if you come into contact with Draymond at, at all anytime soon, let him know that, that I uh, I appreciate his De- Dennis Rodman status of the NBA right now. Yeah, I will, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. All right, be good. I'll talk to you soon. All right, we'll go. All right, bye. That coming once again from Deshante Riley. See, that's this is what life is about. And I got to say this because we're doing Ingredients to Success in a minute. I'll be back. You'll hear Ingredients to Success. Stay tuned throughout this fast break for some awesome partners in Central and Upstate New York. And then I will save what I'm about to say for Ingredients to Success. This is a wake-up call fast break. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DrysigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. 
That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you and very, very honored and uh, appreciative of the time that you spend in listening to this show and being a part of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, as well as going on to WakeUpCallDT.com where everything is. The show archive of the last six years is available to you by clicking on Show Archive. Very easy. The Central New York tab shows you all the businesses we work with. You can click on any of those and learn more about the businesses. On the homepage, you can get the Mix LR live feed you're listening to right now. You can also get the over 990 shows available to you on our iTunes podcast by clicking on iTunes. You can click on TuneIn Radio. You can click on the RSS feed, and you can click on the Podbean app as well. So there's no excuses. It's extremely easy, and it's all free to connect with the show. So make sure you do that. We have over 500 articles on the Right Now page of WakeUpCallDT.com, quick links on the homepage, and links to every single company that we work with and all the amazing things that they do. So don't miss a moment of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and hang out with us 24-7 for free by subscribing and becoming a member on wakeupcalldt.com. And of course, joining the live feed here so you can chat with us in the live chat room and get emailed when the show goes live so you'll never miss a live show again by joining mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. That's mix, L as in Larry, R as in Roger, dot com backslash wakeupcalldt. So, with that being said, Ingredients to Success are proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company, and let's hop into it. Coming off of Deshante Riley and the conversation that we had, be the first person to be a be a good person all the time, every time. It's very difficult, and I understand. I get it, and I understand. It's not easy to be the nice person all the time. It's not easy to always be smiling and always say please and always say thank you and this, that, and the other, but I will tell you that it is worth it. Ingredients to success in your life is to be the good person the first time and every time. Because in being a good person and in doing what's right, we change the world for the better. In being a good person and doing what's right, we instill in ourselves and others happiness, positivity, joy, community, the feeling that we can come together and be a part of one another's lives. Deshante Riley and I had that conversation just now, which led me right into the ingredients to success because Deshante made decisions for his life. And people automatically thought he was forced out of Syracuse. He didn't make a decision on his own. Bayheim made it for him. The school made it for him. No, he made the decision. Ingredients to success. Go to the horse and learn from the horse's mouth. Don't go to somebody that's parading around as the horse. Don't go to some horse that's not the horse that you're wishing wishing to speak to. But if you want information, if you want the truth, if you want to know, then go straight to the horse's mouth. Because Deshante is here telling his story today, and there's people that are learning something. I learned something from him today. 
So, before you go and judge, before you go and think that you know, ask. I always tell you all the time, from the outside looking in, I'm not happy that Johnny Manziel did this. But I always tell you, I don't know Johnny Manziel personally. Right? I can tell you, I don't agree with this decision, but I don't know why he made it. I don't know his motives behind what he's doing, and I don't know him personally. I could just tell you what I see from the outside looking in, and I always preface it that way. If I know somebody, I know somebody. And if I don't know somebody and I have an opinion, I'm going to make an opinion, but I'm going to tell you that's an opinion, and I'm going to tell you there's no factual evidence to it. It's just the way I feel. Because... We can't pretend to know something that we don't know. We can't pretend to know somebody that we don't know. And I do this sometimes. You nod your head, right? Somebody's like, oh, you you know who Mark Smith is. And you go, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you don't want to sound like you don't know something. But I'm pushing more and more in my life to go, you know, I've never heard of that band. I didn't see that movie. I don't know who that person is. Oh, if you live in Syracuse, you've got to know such and such. But I don't. And the thing is, unless you are willing to be real, unless you're willing, because we're all afraid of what people are going to think of us, right? We're all afraid of what people are going to think of us. Your ingredients to success in life is what Deshante and I spoke about. Don't go to social media for satisfaction. Don't go to social media to be told that you're great at something. Don't go to social media to be told that you're beautiful, to be told what you need to do with your life. Do not rely on strangers to guide your path. God will send people to help guide your path and they will be strangers, but do not seek out random. Trust that God will send you good. And I don't think God ever intended for us to go on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and say, do you love me? Am I worth it? Would you date me? Would you hire me? Do you think I'm good at my job? Because there will always be somebody that says no. Just to say no. Because they there are people out there in the world that are wait, waiting to respond to you in a negative way. Waiting to stop you. And it's jealousy. And it's envy. And it's unhappiness. No one, and I repeat this, no one in this world who is truly happy in their life will ever deliberately want to see someone else who's a good person giving all they got fail. Because if you are truly happy in your life, you've realized that seeing the success of others increases your own happiness. Because if there's good people in this world doing good things, it enriches and enhances what you're doing. You can't say, God, I want to be the only person in the world doing anything good and I want to be the only successful person because that leaves a whole world that is bitter, distraught, and downtrodden, which will ultimately affect your life. If you say, God, I want to be the only person that has a gun in my house, nobody else can have a gun anywhere ever. Guess what? Everybody wants to get a gun and they want to come to your house and take it. Okay? Success breeds contempt Success breeds jealousy. Success breeds hatred. Success breeds negativity. Success breeds self-doubt. Success breeds a lot of things. Success breeds you feeling like you constantly need someone to almost sit like a parrot on your shoulder 
and continue to give you that love, right? When somebody says, why do you have to reaffirm everything? You know, if someone says, I love you, then why do you ask him, do you love me two weeks later? Why do you constantly need that reassurance? But success breeds all of that if you let it. You can't control what other people do, but you can control how you respond to it. Deshante and I are in agreement that social media is supposed to bring people together. It is not supposed to bring people apart. And if it brings people apart, then you don't involve yourself with that. You could stand up against it, saying enough is enough, but you can never stop being who you are. And until you know who you are, what people think of you will ultimately affect you. You can think that you know yourself 100%. But if you woke up today and you question yourself because someone questioned you, you don't truly know yourself. Because there's an area of doubt inside of you. And your ingredients to success is to, is to rid yourself of that area of doubt. To be secure within yourself 100%, not 90%, not 40%, not 97%, but 100%. To love yourself and know yourself and give all that you can to your life. There is nothing wrong with taking care of yourself. You're the only person that can do it. So your ingredients to success today are to not seek out social media reassurance. To not let people on social media take you down. To not let your boss and your mom and your dad and your girlfriend and your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, your kids take you down. If somebody is deliberately hurting you in your life, you have every right to say, enough is enough. Please stop. A kid shouldn't listen to a parent just because it's their parent. It's respect. If you're my mom and you smoke a pack of cigarettes every day and you tell me not to smoke, I'm not going to listen to you. So if we want people to respect us, then be your best self. We all have bad days. We all have moments. We all have, I don't want to call them bad days, but we all have moments. And it's okay to have a moment. But it's not okay to lose yourself, find yourself, lose yourself, find yourself, lose yourself, find yourself. Because you're chasing yourself your whole life. And before you know it, you're dead. Before you know it, it's over. I'm 32 years old. In the last couple days, a week or so, I felt like I went from being a kid and just grew into this man. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm older now. The realization of time. And how precious time is. If you took the amount of time that you spent worrying about other people, jealous of other people, hating other people, concerned about what they think of you, concerned about what they say about you. If you took all of that time and all of those conversations and you threw it into a pile every day, I guarantee you it's half your day. It's a good cut chunk of change. It's your hour lunch. What if every time you worried about something... And you worried about what people thought about you and said about you and wanted to do to you and wish on you. What if that, what if God said, okay, all that time you do, I'm going to take something away. You worried for an hour today, so now you don't get a lunch. You worried for an hour and a half tonight, so now you don't watch TV. You worried for half the day, so now tomorrow's going to start at 4 p.m. What if God did that? What if he said, you've shown me that you don't spend this time wisely, so I'm going to take this time away until you learn. 
Well, Dan, well, that, that would be awful. I wouldn't want to start my day at 4 o'clock at night. I wouldn't want to lose my lunch break. I wouldn't want to lose my time with TV. What if all the time you spent complaining to your wife about what other people think of you was spent loving your wife, learning about your wife, kissing your wife, holding your wife, playing with her hair, just looking into her eyes, taking her out for an ice cream, playing putt-putt golf? What if you took all the time you worried and you put it toward that? You'd have a better marriage. You'd have a better life. You had more love. You'd have more respect. You'd have more special moments. Who cares what Bob Smith thinks of me? He doesn't come to my house for dinner, and I'm making this up. If there's a Bob Smith out there, I apologize. But he doesn't come to my house for dinner. He doesn't break bread with me. He never played on a basketball team with me. He doesn't sit in my studio with me. And even if he did play on a basketball team, even if he did sit in my studio before and he wasn't nice to me, who cares what Bob Smith has to say? I'm not saying surround yourself with only people that tell you that you're awesome. Okay? There's a common misconception. An ingredient to success is not to have yes men. It's to have support. People who will help you be your best self without being a jerk about it. You know? People that say, hey, Dan, could you have done better with that? Could you have done better with that show today? Because I get the sense that you didn't feel. And then you say, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I could have done better with that. Or no, I I did the best I could. And if you didn't like it, well, you didn't like it. But you don't need to apologize for being yourself. You don't need to apologize for living your own life and following your own dreams. I find that as an entrepreneur and a good person and a happy person, people want to take you down. When you put your head down and you go to work and you don't hurt anybody, people target those people. They don't target bad people because they're afraid of them. They don't target evil because they're afraid of it. They are evil, but they're afraid to contact something that's just as crazy as they are. So they go after the humble, the meek, the rational, the logical, the happy. Because we are easy targets. Because they don't think we'll bite back. And you don't have to bite back in their way. You bite back by continuing to do your best, continuing to love what you do, continuing to spend your time wisely, continuing to love one another and give one another everything that you got. You change this world not by matching hate with hate, but by giving love to hate. It scares the hell out of hate more than anything else in this world is when you give hate a big old hug and say, I love you. I love you. Flowers don't grow without sunshine. So if there's darkness around the flower that turns your heart to darkness, that flower will die. But if there's darkness surrounding that flower and that flower is your heart, shine on it. Use your brain to be a sun to that flower, your heart, so that it will grow. The moment that your head goes black, the moment that your brain, your heart goes black, that flower's going to die. You are the only hope to make that flower grow. And that flower is you. 
If you lose hope in yourself, you stop growing. If you lose faith in yourself, you stop growing. If you lose love for yourself, you stop growing. Always be the sunlight to your flower. We'll take a step aside and get you ready for tomorrow in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on CNYPopFestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315 315- 702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events, giving you a reason to celebrate. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Want to get you ready for tomorrow's broadcast, and I'm very excited for Wednesday, June 13th here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We are having, for the first time ever, And every Wednesday throughout the World Cup, World Cup Takeover. World Cup Wednesdays officially start tomorrow. So from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time, I'll be joined by my intern and former soccer player, Zach Bowden. And we are going to be doing from 9 to 10 a.m. every Wednesday, World Cup Wednesday. That takeover starts tomorrow morning. The World Cup takeover of Wake Up Call is in the first hour every Wednesday from 9 to 10 a.m. with Zach Bowden. That'll happen tomorrow at 10.15 a.m. Eastern Time. I'll be joined by Jimmy Evans, who was mentioned on today's show, by Mike Sugamosto of the Syracuse Stallions 
and Jimmy is working with the Binghamton team, the Binghamton Bulldogs. We're excited to have him on to speak on the ABA and how there are so many teams in the state of New York and around the surrounding areas and how wonderful it is to be bringing the ABA into central and upstate New York and what it means for fans. And we will also be having a discussion on the only team to have a USO tour of their own this year, and that being the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to discuss that on tomorrow's show as well. With that being said, God bless you all. Have a phenomenal and wonderful day, and I can't wait to speak with you very soon. We'll also get to our fan polls on what you think about LeBron James's future and so much more. In the meantime, make sure that you find Wake Up Call on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT and like the page on Twitter at Call DT. Follow me there and follow on Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. The only last bit that I can give you here for today's show is to buy your tickets to the CNY Pop Festival. If you're going to be in Syracuse on Sunday, August 12th, or you're in the surrounding areas, Rochester, Buffalo, Utica, Rome, Binghamton, Cortland, Ithaca, Albany, Schenectady, wherever you may be, find your way, Oswego, Fulton, Phoenix, Baldwinsville, Liverpool, Maddydale, Find your way to the CNY Pop Festival, featuring players from the decades of Bayheim, as well as Syracuse football players, and looking at these TV and movie stars from all over the country and some outside of the country that will all be coming to represent Power Rangers, The Flash, Star Wars, The Addams Family, so on and so forth. We cannot wait to see you at the CNY Pop Festival, but we won't see you unless you buy tickets. CNY Pop Festival. Have a phenomenal day, and Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora will be back on your airwaves tomorrow morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here where sports meets life on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. Enjoy the day, folks.